Hi, Gwen. Hi, Chris. How are things? Things are good. We had uh, three E's that happened. They've uh, been and gone, yeah. and I feel we should talk about was, them. Should we? It was a week ago. It was like a whole week ago. Oh, geez. It was already. Ugh. Yeah. Time Old moves so news, fast. man. Nobody, like, the biggest industry event of the year happened, but that was like a week ago, right? Like, news moves on. We clearly, certainly something new has happened. But I, I guess... Yeah, but as it? I, I haven't even looked. I've not even... I haven't. <laughs> I haven't looked either. All I've been doing is working. So, yeah, let's talk <laughs> about E3. Right, E3. I, I took a few days off work so I could watch all of the E3s. Uh, and I'm glad I did because it's the first time in like three or four years I've actually got to sit and watch them. And I had a grand old time watching all the press conferences. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched them. It was good. Uh, I, don't, I'm, like, I don't get as hyped about E3. I guess I've never gotten that hyped about E3. No? It's not as exciting to me as GDC or any of the others as a game developer. And it's not... I didn't know about E3 until I entered the industry. I don't know why no? everybody else... I know. Everybody else in the world has had some different experience than me. I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I didn't get the magazines, like Game Filter uh... magazine. I didn't get... I think I just had a different upbringing where, like, I played games, but I wasn't part of this, like, this stuff. And by the time I joined the industry, I realized I wanted to be a game developer. By then, I was just, like, enamored with GDC. And E3 was the irritating one. Oh. You know? It's like, I mean, it was, it's important. It's important because this is, all of my friends are crunching on trailers and, and, you know, killing themselves to get together. And the, the, because I've only known E3 as, like, a game developer, not as a consumer... The way I look at it is super different because I just look at it and I'm like, oh, they had a hot mic situation. Oh, they, I hope, you know, I'm talking to my friends who've been just showing off their game to the press on a, like once an hour all mm. day. Their voices are hoarse. Like my experience is different. So I am like, I just look at these things differently. I look at them. I, I looked at E3 cold analytical, like. I'm counting how many tentpole releases each of the major publishers has. Sounds you know what fun. I mean? I mean, it kind of, it, I mean, in a way, it kind of isn't. It's never been magical to me. No. You know what I mean? I guess not. By the sounds of that, I was like, oh, I, I have like the reverse experience because I don't, I don't even work in the games industry anymore. So I actually got to sit and watch all the things and I was like, this is the best. This is my favorite thing. I loved it. I, uh, oh, I'll go ahead. There was definitely trailers of like games I want to play, right? Like 12 minutes looked cute. I liked that. 12 minutes. What one? Was, oh, that was the someone's knocking at the door. Let, don't let them in. Like uh, that one, if I remember. There was, the, you know, <laughs> I we're think I boiled a, that down. <laughs> yeah, you basically, it's, uh, that's not the most, you know, charitable, loving. No, I, I thought it was <laughs> review right. of that trailer. I, I saw it and I was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> that was it. Oh, was it? <laughs> I was like, Did Groundhog Day, but I'm sad. Like, I don't know. I, I got yeah. it. Yeah. Except somebody's going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was, in general, you know how in, in general, in movies, you'll see rep a lot of people get excited around a theme at the same time, like a genre yes. will suddenly get hot or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and you definitely, definitely see this in the games industry too, where genres will get hot. But I don't think every now and then you also get a thing where a subject matter is hot. Like, how do I put it? Uh, vampires are cool now and they're cool for across media like you. it transcends medium yeah right? yeah uh, vampire i feel times. like being stuck in a loop 
it's interesting to me that there was three games announced at the same time about being stuck in a loop this year at E3. What were the other loop games? Deathloop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that couple that's trying to kill each other the whole time. I thought yeah. that looked really, really good. I, oh, man, I've got opinions on that. That Was oh, that the Bethesda your... conference? I'd have to look. I don't remember. I think they that was in the blurred. Bethesda conference, and that conference was lame. And Deathloop looked fine. Uh, it was just, it was, you know, it was a, it was a trailer. Didn't <laughs> see too much. I was like, okay, I'm getting a sense. Uh-huh. I'm getting a vibe. I'm with you. I'm having a better time than Fallout 76 Power Royale, which I was like, oh God. But, you know, it was yeah. fine. But anyway, what was the other looping game? Um, I already don't remember because now I'm already thinking about this. What did you rank your, your conferences? I'm really curious as a gamer what you thought of the different conferences. Oh, uh, okay. So I am unabashedly someone that enjoys Microsoft. So yes. I very much enjoyed Microsoft. I finally got to sit down and properly watch a Devolver Digital Press conference because while I was working for them, I was also at E3. So mm-hmm. I haven't really sat down at the time and watched the other two. And it was a lot of fun watching it at the time and seeing all the little references to things and people that I know and being like, ah, I know these things. <laughs> and it was good. They, def- they definitely punch above their weight. I'll give them that. Like I fell asleep, but I didn't actually watch that one. But the... Uh, the considering they're very as far as revenue goes like they're not microsoft or sony or these other ubisoft like they're so small time compared to everybody else and they they lean into just like fuck it we'll just make something fun and light that on like shoestring budget devolver digital i i respect it yeah it's it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed that one uh microsoft's was great i mean great is you know relative there was some fun stuff in the microsoft one i was kind of ex- i was excited to see a new halo there was a new there was a flight sim game with some sweet flight sim graphics i was like oh my this can't be a flight sim and then it was like microsoft flight simulator and i was like what get out of town because those graphics were really good and i was excited That's, see everyone brings that one up and i think i never in a million years would have put that in a microsoft press conference and the reason is because i feel like the audience for that is extremely dedicated and extremely mm. niche and they probably they might be watching stuff at E3 but they know when that game comes out like how many high budget flight sim games come out in a year yeah. how many high budget flight sim games come out in a decade yeah probably right? like about three or something like that there's not many it's not like the stage needs this game you know what i mean like it's not like they needed the marketing for this one so I thought that was an odd choice, but everyone brings it up. Worked for me. I saw it and I was like, oh, damn graphics. I was like, what's this going to be? Flying around? And then the flight sim thing. I was like, this can't be a flight simulator because (laughs) look at those graphics. And then it was. I suck at flight simulators because you have to actually learn how to fly a plane. And unlike a truck simulator where it's just go forward, there's all these switches and dials and I can't. I can't figure it out, and I never want to put the time in. But I was still pleased and excited to see it. Yeah, I've never... I can't remember... I mean, I know I played a flight sim game on a joystick when I was a kid. But yeah. I can't remember ever really playing one. I know I've, I've tried some of... I have a couple of friends that are just way too into the the actual racing games. Like, they've built oh, their yeah, rigs, yeah. and they've got, like... Like, some people take that very seriously. Mm. Like, getting the right steering wheel, building a cage so that you can experience the game and shit. 
Like I know people who are just way too into that, but even that to me, it feels like you're simulating an experience. And I guess it's safer to do that inside of like a cage in your living room than going to a racetrack. But I like, I just didn't, these games don't grab me. No, the same they're, way. they're not going to grab everyone. I get it. Yeah. Um, niche. It, it is. Uh, I mean, you had Tim Schafer come out on stage at the Xbox press conference to Dude. announce that they're now a Microsoft game studio. Studio. That was, that was such a big moment for me. I was so happy for him. Yeah, it was great. I was, I'm, they have, Double Fine has struggled along for so long. And I just, oh my God. Like, like I have so many feelings about that. Like, I'm really, really happy. I, I think they will... Microsoft will be like, do X, and they'll be like, and they'll just do whatever they want. Like, I just believe that they'll do that. Um, like, I don't, I think this is going to be, and that'll be better for both of them. I think it was, um, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm just really, really happy that they have financial security and that they can just stop fundraising and make stuff. I just love that for them in their studio. Like, I'm really, really happy for them. Usually, you know, you hear about something like this and you're like, oh, that studio sold out or something or other. But this didn't feel like selling out. This felt like, dear God, let Tim Schafer make games again rather than flying around the world fundraising all the time. Like, I, I, feel, I feel like they're going to have the freedom they need here. Yeah, I think so. And I was just excited just because it was like, oh, there's Tim Schafer. And he was funny. And then they put the videos out afterwards talking about why they did it. And they did it in a very funny and transparent double finey way just just the how about we give you a big sack of money and i was like yes <laughs> that was very funny that's great uh, i mean i hope i'm curious to see how this pans out because mm, because double fine's whole thing is the open development because like so i've was in their office a handful of times and every time i was in their office they were recording like they have a documentary film crew there they're all about being transparent mm. about being part of the story about being very open about what they're making as they make it usually. So I am curious how that jives with Microsoft or like how long um, they can keep that going with Microsoft. I, I, I think don't imagine Microsoft would change that. I think Microsoft would know what they were buying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're like, this is what we are buying and this is why we want to buy it. I can't see them coming in and saying, change everything that was successful about you. I think so too. And I definitely feel like I, I feel like Microsoft clearly with is has a long term plan for Game Pass and they are acquiring studios that they want to make games in the long term. And Tim Schafer is that celebrity designer with a vision and a series of games he's gonna make that'll he'll he'll make a bunch of funny, lighthearted games for the Game Pass. I think that's what they need. I think Microsoft's in the like Halo brings in a certain kind of audience, Double Fine appeals to a completely different audience. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think they have the ability to bring in more people to Game Pass and to keep them there just because the celebrity studio, like I, I want Game Pass now. I want to play all of Tim Schafer's games as soon as they come out. I'm, God, I'm over the moon. I think this was a great acquisition on Microsoft's part. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They had a couple of really nice looking indie games in there as well that they featured quite nicely. That Way to the Woods and uh, Spirit Pharaoh. We. Do you remember we had talked about Way to the Woods? Maybe we did. And the, I do not remember. Yeah, the developer for that just turned 20. What? I know. That's God, I, I follow him on Twitter. It's just that that's just like, 
I can't wait to see that game. I think he must. I wonder what it's like to be spoiled that early. Not spoiled. How do I put it? Successful. I, don't, I wonder early. if he. I wonder if he understands how hard people claw to get into those E3, to like to have your game shown on stage at E3 like that. Mm. And man, good for him. Yeah, oh. that would look really cool. Uh, I think that was the one that had the soundtrack by. Uh, I'm never going to... Avi and Saruchin, who made a really good album about three or four years ago that I remember buying because I was listening to the music and was like, why is this so familiar? It's great. And then it came up with their names on the title. I was like, yeah, those guys. I downloaded that from SoundCloud. It was great. So I was very happy about that. Those were good. Um, what else we got here? Oh, Keanu Reeves was obviously there. That was, that was yep. cool. <laughs> Yeah. I'm still not super sold on Cyberpunk for some reason. I don't know what it is. I think it's the same thing with The Witcher 3 where I saw it and was like, man, I should like that. And then I played it and was like, I don't know why I'm not liking this. And I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. I genuinely can't. And I look at Cyberpunk and I'm like, I should like everything about this. Look at this. This is, I see a gun is taking up a lot of the vision. And a lot of the video games I play tend to be that. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of cyber going on which you know i'm super into but something i don't know what it is i don't know what it is but i'm still not excited about it and i worry that oops, i worry that i'll play it and uh have exactly the same experiences i have with the witcher where i keep sitting there going why aren't i enjoying this and i don't know why so mm -hmm. you know yeah i think the witcher had a strong narrative i i generally lean harder into um or I'm sorry, how do I put it? I generally don't enjoy dystopian stories as much as I enjoy like fantasy or more hmm. political stories, I yeah. guess, maybe. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Let me think on that. Yeah. I I don't know. I, it hasn't quite grabbed me yet either. Yeah, I can't, I can't put my finger on why. I think I need to get smarter and I can articulate myself better. So uh, that might be a hmm. thing. Uh, what was that gorgeous game that Square announced? With that, uh, like there was the, um, wow. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart, but that uh, the j female Japanese developer was on stage. Uh, and she was adorable. And everyone Nakamura? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. yeah, it was. Akumi Nakamura. Oh, way to call it. I'm sorry. I've, I can't remember things. What was the name of the game she announced? Because that looked amazing. It did. The trailer for that was stunning. Oh, God. What was that thing called? I wrote it down somewhere. Um. That wasn't Ghostwire, was it? Was that Ghostwire? Yeah, that was Ghostwire. Ghostwire. Yeah. yeah. That game looked cool. Well, that trailer was super cool. I was excited yeah. by that. I'm, I I mean, I'm like a child. I'm still impressed with good CG. Oh, yeah. I, I know I just said, like, I was like, eh, Deathloop, yeah, sure. But that trailer I was excited about. Even though it was, again, a CG trailer, that was more exciting to me. I watched that and was like, ooh, look at mm. this. <laughs> this is interesting. So, That's yeah. some good CG, yeah. Yeah, it was. And I think it set a tone very well, which I'm into. I'm fine with a good CG trailer that sets a tone. There was a trailer for what they're now calling Gears, Gears 5, which was that lady with all the different heads coming out of her while it played a cool, popular song. That I was watching it, and I was like, this is not setting the tone for this video game. This is that Gears of War trailer that they're going to do again, where they're like... The game will be nothing to do with this. I very much doubt it's going to be about the complex emotions of the, the lady protagonist of the game. And this won't set the tone, and it annoyed me. I was watching it and was like, who spent money on this, and why? <laughs> because it's yeah. telling me nothing about a Gears of War video game. 
that that is true and i think you hit on something that a lot of people um so there, there's two kinds of trailers there's the one that's like here's what the vibe and the feel of this game gonna, mm-hmm. is gonna be and there's the one that's like here's what the actual gameplay is yeah right? both good both useful uh, both good <laughs> yeah this one this year had a couple of just like very expensive neithers yeah like this that trailer and I have friends that work at the coalition like but that trailer was an example of a very expensive trailer because you like as somebody who works in CG I'll tell you slow long shots of a character's face especially with a high fidelity skin Hmm. shader are expensive oh I bet not the most expensive things but like any it's actually cheaper to make something that moves very quickly because mm. uh, uh, yeah. you don't you don't have to sink into the rendering uh. whereas this where they where they were rendering multiple like the skin shader and and doing this very very high quality rendering thing that they did with a very slow long shot that was an expensive i think that was a more expensive trailer than people realize oh, it looks, and i don't i don't know and it had licensed music like i was like <laughs> and i i'm sure like like a maybe it was something where the game the game developers were busy or something and the mark they were like marketing team come up with a thing and the marketing team had to come up with a thing and they came up with a thing like maybe maybe I, I, it wasn't like so i don't know i i'm you can have something good for the sake of it being good like something for the sake of it being art or for the sake of it being pleasing it's just for me personally it was none of those things I just felt I was sitting there wasting my time and I already knew it was Gears of War and I was like, this isn't anything to do with what you're going to show me or what you're going to sell me. So that was that. I mean, it's pointless to be annoyed at these things, but I still <laughs> I still sat there and was like, why am I watching this? Yeah, she's got heads coming out of her. Are we actually going to talk about her in the video game longer than two minutes? Probably not. <laughs> so let's yeah. get to the... Get to the bit where I'm cutting things in half. Or the bit where the Terminator... The Terminator turned up twice. How much does it cost to get the Terminator license, Gwen? Because I feel it's not as much as you imagine. And I think we could get it. It was in like a Ghost Recon as well. Like, oh, he's here again. And I was like, what? I don't know. They're out there selling those IPs, man. Yeah, Terminator's got to make some money. He's got all those films coming out and they're not good. Um, Halo Infinite looked really good. Because it's Halo and I like Halo. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> see, the most important thing for a game company is a strong IP. Mm. Like you get, you you make a strong IP and you capture hearts and minds. Like I know if it could be like you would buy a Halo branded coffee mug. Yeah, I would. You got that UNSC like, logo on it? I'd be like, yeah, I'll get that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh. Halo Five wasn't even good, and Halo Four was better than halo 5 but it wasn't that great and yet still i've bought them both multiple times finished them multiple times and i know i'm gonna play halo i know i'm gonna get that project scarlet the day it comes out and i'm gonna get halo infinite with it i'm gonna have a grand old time (laughs) i mean to me the thing that's most interesting about ips like that maybe halo is a bad example but like if you get an ip that's very strong it trans that also transcends medium you Mm. know what i mean like dreamworks was always big on this they'd be like we don't make movies we make a franchise you know what i mean we make something that we make an ip that's so strong there will be movies and games and tv shows and and books and toys because the ip is so strong and i think games are interesting in that they can be where a lot of ips come from whereas historically we've been relying on like we games have frequently been by borrowing ips from films 
And I kind of, every now and then there's a hint of a shift there. Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah. Or like every every now and then there things go the other way. And I, I don't know, like I'm a game developer, so I kind of want to flip it. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want IPs to come from, I, I want games to be where the IPs come from that blow up, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the, like, that would be good. Yeah. They keep try they keep hinting at many Halo things directed by Steven Spielberg or something and they keep not happening, so I don't know. Halo's a bad example. I think you see it more with things like Mario or That's Pokemon. True. That's true. Uh I, I think Japan is better about pushing keeping a brand strong and keeping an IP strong, never dropping the price, never diminish like never spoiling your IP in any way. Um, Nintendo specifically is very good at that. By mm-hmm. the way, Nintendo, prob- I think that was probably the best. I mean, I want to say of the conference, they were the best one, like the Nintendo stuff, but it's pre-recorded, so it almost feels like cheating. You know what I mean? I don't feel having a pre-recorded thing is cheating, just because it's it's so much fun. Like, it's, you know, I I honestly think doing things more like that could be the way of the future, personally. The big oh, yeah. live audience thing is very exciting. And I I do I really felt Sony's absence this E3. I was like, oh, it's really it's just a shame. Why aren't they? I mean, if Bethesda can get away with sixty percent of their conference being telling me about expansions for games that are already out, like you could have done something. You got this. They rented out it's... a hall for that. You could have <laughs> you could have done the whole thing. Yeah, but, but it's so ex- the thing is if you have a choice at some point where it's like Am I going to do this right or am I not going to do it at all? Because if they go out and they do a shitty job of it, then Microsoft will wipe the floor with them and the big thing will be about how Sony is slipping. Um, True. And, if they, and the reality is doing it right takes a crap ton of money. Yes. Like these shows take a crap ton of money and Sony's investing in their tech and in, they're investing heavily in 2020. Um, there's going to be huge announcements next year because I'm sure they're going to launch a bunch of games on their new console, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's very true. Next year will definitely be the thing. I don't know. I was just a little bit like, oh, but... You're just disappointed. I know. Yeah, it's fun. Like, it's a fun time. But yes, Nintendo definitely did. They had a lot of really good stuff that people were very excited about. Uh, I do want to touch on, uh, just before we get into Nintendo, because I don't know how bothered about this you'll be, but I do want to touch on Broken Britain, Brexit, uh, Watch Dogs. That, like, I felt like it was going to sustain me with a level of, like, terribleness that I need. Like, it's like, the, it felt like it was going to be like the Sonic movie. Like, ever since someone said there's going to be a CGI with real life actors Sonic movie, I was just like, oh, yes. This is going to feed a part of my soul of how bad it is. And... Broken Britain, Watch Dogs. It, it kind of got there a little bit. like So I just wanted to put that out there. They were doing pretty well. It wasn't too bad, but still. It's got Wait, a good... So uh, I'm confused. You're saying you hated the, the Watch Dogs trailer? Well, stuff? I enjoyed it. It looked kind of fun, but I still love when the, the guy, the American dude from Ubisoft come out and was talking about Brexit and he used the line, granddad's using crypto to buy a new kidney on the black market. That was, oh, that made me feel, like it was so bad, it made me feel good <laughs> in, a re- in a weird way. So, you know, it was that. Someone yeah. said proper bell end in the trailer. And I was like, yeah, well done. Thumbs up. I don't know why you've chosen to do this, but I'm happy about it in a weird way. So I just wanted no. to reference that. <laughs> I just, I, 
I mean, I, I guess because I'm not British, I just have a very different perspective on it than you. Yeah. For, I thought I thought Watch Dogs Legion, like, I thought that was a solid trailer. I don't know if I would actually get into this game very much. I definitely loved the little grandma running around that hacking into shit. I yeah. That was, cu- it's like, just, funny. It's in- I've got... Oh, go ahead. I like, I like the British... There is just something quaint and funny about a British accent that I can't explain. Yeah, which is... Like, oh. It's the world's perspective, and and it's very interest. It's very fun and interesting to watch when other cultures do stuff about the culture you're from, and how oh. stereotypical a lot of it can be. And I mean, the line "Granddad's using crypto to buy a new kidney on the black market." I was like, "This is like I want that on a T-shirt." Like it's so. That's absurd, but that'd be absurd regardless of which culture. Oh, it would, from. it would, but it would. Uh, it was. I don't know. It, when anyone comes out, and so this is like an ongoing political thing in the country that I'm from, from a company who keeps referencing that their games are not political, despite being oh, insanely yeah. political all the oh. time and definitely right. having a point of view, and then they come <laughs> out and they're like, "Well, this is about Brexit," and obviously. The government's gone after Brexit and the the military's taken over. And you're like, well, hang on. This is like, (laughs) this is what's happening now. The government, you know, let's. (laughs) And I don't know. There was a lot of on the nose stuff. And yeah, so. I see. I see that that. could be extremely insensitive. You know, in all seriousness. It's just a giant ball of like wonder that you look at and go, oh, look at what you've done. (laughs) Dude, everyone was pointing out this stuff that this was a big critique of the Brexit. And the reality is, I guess I was half paying attention. I missed that they even mentioned the Brexit. Yeah, the Brexit. See, I love it. They, he, <laughs> mentioned like... it he mentioned it once at the very beginning, right? He like, did. He did. Uh, they may, I, I, think, I don't know if they said it spe- explicitly in the trailer, but they mentioned the, like, the government's fucked off or whatever it was they said. And it was, <laughs> it was yeah, wonderful. S- so I saw the trailer and I thought, all right, this is the dystopian future. And I yes, think he, dystopian Brexit. somebody, somebody later mentioned Brexit, but nobody said it like, I, to me, it wasn't like the, I feel like people are acting like they were beating you over the head with this is the outcome of the Brexit. When the reality is the word Brexit was said maybe yes. once. Yes. The word Brexit was said maybe once, but it is absolutely what the catalyst for this entire world of London that they've created is like that. Yeah. Is, that is definitely what it's about. And it's 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 the same thing where it's like they won't take full ownership over that and really have an opinion on it, even though they definitely are. Like you're looking at it and they are definitely having a political opinion, which is Brexit is bad. Everything will go to shit. Look at look at it. Look at it. Look at what happened. And it's like, well, that's a that's an opinion, guys. And you can't pretend it's not. (laughs) Just, Just stick with it. So, yeah, that. It, and just the whole another culture making something about your culture is always going to be intrinsically interesting to the culture that it's about because it's a reflection of what they see and a reflection of the world and all that stuff. So, yeah. And I want yeah. the T-shirt with granddad's using crypto to buy a kidney on the black market. I, I want that. <laughs> and I'll wear it. <laughs> this just comes back down to you want that branding and that IP. I do. I really do. Um. Yeah, I could see. I can see how that would be. I can see how that would be weird. Oh, uh, I didn't really think about it from your perspective there. And no, it, to why be would fair, you? Like, I don't, yeah. you know, right? and it, and it's not like they've done. They haven't done anything bad. There is nothing bad about what they've done. Like they haven't. I'm not. In, 
no British persons would be insulted by any of this. It, it's it's the weird messaging of our games are apolitical and our games do not have a point of view. When you're just oh. looking, it's like someone standing in a red shirt telling you it's a blue shirt. And you're like, well, I, I mean, I can just see it with my eyes. <laughs> Ubisoft is extremely edgy. Like, that's their mm. thing is being very... No, they like saying fuck like a, a lot in their press conferences. They're, they're well they, into well, it. I don't even notice that. Like I might be a I might be part of the problem on that one, but I think they they do tend to have a perspective and a point of view they and do. I think that's yeah, like I got I, you're right. I, I I'm not sure why they wouldn't just own it cuz it does feel like they they're like, "Look, we are we are making video games. We make video games about things that are culturally significant. That's one of the things we do because we're artists and this is how oh, we express ourselves." That's great. Like, like there's nothing wrong with that. And mm-hmm. Ubisoft, actually, I, I really enjoyed their conference. They had a lot of good stuff. And I reference, they say fuck a lot in their uh, thing. Not as a bad thing. Like, it's quite refreshing. I watch it and I'm just like, yeah, you're on the internet. Do what you want. You can be excited and swear. Like, that's fine. Yeah. They also had that great video with, uh, did you see? They played it before the press conference started, but they had made a video with Ice-T with him talking about how you should, your etiquette online and how he's sick of these misogynistic, homophobic motherfuckers on the internet. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. Um, this is a good time. Well done, Ubisoft. So, you know, there's poli- there's point of views and everything there. It's just when they make statements like that that they know will piss people... Some certain sections of people will be pissed off about it. And they don't own it enough that I'm like, come on, you've done it. You've done the statement. You've said... <laughs> this is a bad thing and this is what we think would happen, then just own it. Just really own it and go, yes, that is what we think and this is a political statement. It's like, that's fine. Man, I wonder where the fear comes from. I wonder why they don't. Like maybe, uh, I'm reading, I'm trying to remember an article I read at some point where it seemed to imply that like the, the people who own Ubisoft really want you to be edgy and political and the developers aren't pushing hard enough or maybe like, because a lot of times companies have a lot of different motivations and different people in different departments who want different things. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's possible maybe their marketing team is trying really hard to downplay this stuff because they want to make sure the game is, reaches as many people and is as um, palatable to as many people as possible. Yeah. Uh, whereas the developers are like, no, nah, man, we want to express a point of view. Um, and there's some mismatch between the marketing and the, the people or... Oh, sorry, the marketing and the developers. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm never sure. It it just it, it's yeah. always it's like you're right there, and it's like just grab it, like just grab the thing you've done and be like, yes, we do think Brexit's bollocks, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I could tell by looking at your trailer, like. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's a that's a yeah. side point. Plus, you know, well, that, that I was... Think I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think another thing they pushed on was that we don't have a point of view. We just present all point of views and allow you to choose. Mm. But I don't feel like they did that with Brexit. No, and they, they didn't... They haven't done that, like, a few times where there's there's a definite point of view. Like, with The Division, where there was the way society has collapsed and the way the government is responding to it by shooting everyone. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's a thing. Like that's a real thing. And yeah. You know, you you just got to you just got to own it. You just, that's all. Like that so eh, that was it. That was it on that uh, English person talks about the Brexit game. Uh but 
<laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining me today, Gwen. Unless you have more on E3. Nope, let's we can kill it here. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Light, and you've been in the dialogue box. <laughs> <laughs>